Hello, this is the Buddhism Guide podcast, and I'm Kami Yeshi Rabge. You can find more of my podcasts, as well as blogs, videos, and guided meditation practices at buddhismguide.org. If you wish, you can support future episodes of this podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash Buddhism Guide. I hope you enjoy this podcast. This podcast is called 39 Practices, Part 8. And in this podcast, I'll talk about verses 20 to 22. So verse 20 says, The practice of all the Bodhisattvas is to subdue the mind with the forces of loving kindness and compassion. For unless the real adversary, my own anger, is defeated, outer enemies, though I may conquer them, will continue to appear. So what it's saying here is that our main enemy is not outside of us. Our main enemy is inside of us. It's our anger. And until we subdue that anger and learn how to deal with that anger, then we're always going to have outside enemies. But if you have no anger inside, you'll have no enemies outside. So instead of fighting people outside of you that you think are making you angry, look inside and deal with the real problem. If you want to get rid of smoke, you put out the fire. You don't try to get rid of the smoke and leave the fire burning. But that's what you're doing when you're attacking people outside of you. They're the smoke. Inside of you is anger. The anger is the fire. Sorry, if you want to get rid of the smoke, you have to put out the fire. So if you want to get rid of your anger, you have to look inside first and not outside. Because once your mind is calm, once your mind is at peace and you've dealt with anger, there is no enemy outside of you. There is nobody outside of you that is making you angry because you have no more anger. We always attack people. They shout at us. They make us angry. It's always their fault. We'll argue back with them. We'll fight with them. And then the next day, so you win. You win that battle. Fantastic. Next day, somebody else makes you angry. So now you have to fight with them. And then another day, somebody else is making you angry. So now you have to fight with them. And all the time, you're trying to put out the fire by dealing with the smoke. And you can't. You have to deal with the flames. And the flames are inside of you. So it makes sense that if you get rid of your anger, then there is nobody outside of you to fight with. Why would there be? We only fight because of our anger inside of us. We have to look inside of us. And we have to let that anger go. We have to catch the anger as it's coming up and let it go. You should be looking at the root cause. So that person said something. It's not that person we should be angry with. It's we should be looking inside. What was it that they said that caused me to become angry? If you look at that, then you can get to the root of that. Then you can pull the anger out by the roots. 
But if you're always going to look outside of yourself and blame, 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 you're always going to be going round in this circle. Somebody shouts at you, you get angry, you shout back, you win or lose. Another day, somebody shouts at you, you get angry, you shout back, you win or lose. It's just a vicious circle going through the whole of your life. Just imagine you live 80, 90 years. Every day for 80, 90 years, you're going through the same pattern, day after day after day. As a child, you can be forgiven because you don't understand. But as an adult, it makes no sense. Why are you putting yourself through this torture? Why do we keep going round in this vicious circle? There's no sense in that. We're just causing ourselves a huge amount of emotional suffering. And the way to deal with it is inside yourself. It's to look at the root of that anger. Pull it up. Get rid of that anger. Once you've done that, then there is nobody outside of you that you can say, they're my enemy, they're somebody I have to attack. Because you don't have anger. You don't have anger. You don't have enemy. It's as simple as that. But we don't see it that way. We see it as their fault. They caused that. They did that. So stop the blame game and start looking inside and start dealing with the fire instead of spending the whole time trying to deal with the smoke. The next verse says, The practice of all the bodhisattvas is to turn away immediately from those things which bring desire and attachment. For the pleasures of the senses are just like salty water. The more we taste of them, the more our thirst increases. So this one's talking about uh, sense objects. So sense objects are things we hear, we see, we smell, we taste, we touch. Because uh, we have these uh, wishes to be happy, then I have to make myself happy. I have to find happiness. I have to always look for happiness. And that's what we're doing the whole time. We're looking around for things to make us happy. And of course, they do make us happy for a short period of time. And then after a while, they no longer make us happy. So now we have to look for something else. So we're constantly looking for things to make us happy. And as I've said before, happiness shouldn't be our goal. We should never be trying to make ourselves happy. That happiness can't last. So what you're doing is you're forever chasing after something. What we need to be looking at is peace of mind. To make our mind peaceful and calm. Because if it's peaceful and calm, then we don't have to worry about happiness or sadness. Happiness comes, then we enjoy it while it's here. Sadness comes, then we deal with it. But you can't do that when we're constantly chasing after uh, sense objects, constantly trying to make ourselves happy. It's like it says here, we drink in salt water to try to get rid of our thirst. It doesn't. It makes us more thirsty. So we go out and buy something to make ourselves happy. It doesn't. It just makes us want something else. You buy the latest phone. Then six months later, the updated version comes out. Now you want that. You buy a nice car. And then a new model comes out. Now you want that. 
you buy yourself a flat. Now you want a house. After a house, now you want a palace. We're never satisfied. We're always looking for more and more. And each time we chase after something, it lasts for such a short period of time that we then have to chase after something else. So we're constantly chasing after things that are not there. We're chasing after this permanent happiness that we have in our mind, that well, I can get this happiness, I can be happy, happy forever. We can't. It's not life. And if we just stop for a moment, we can see that. We know that sometimes we're happy and sometimes we're sad. Sometimes life is good and sometimes it's not so good. If you stop and think, life is like that. So why are we chasing after happiness? I'm not saying we shouldn't be happy because, of course, we need to enjoy ourselves. But we shouldn't be chasing after sense objects the whole time trying to buy our way into happiness, trying to surround ourselves with possessions, thinking that these are going to make us happy. The more possessions you have, the less happier you'll become. The less you have, the more simple your life is, the more happy you are. You know, you have so many electric things in your kitchen, so many different electric gadgets for doing everything. And one by one they break down or they don't do what they should do or the electricity's gone and I can't use them. And so those things that we bought to make us happy are not making us happy. And it goes with every sense object, everything we chase. It's okay if we need something. I mean, now we need mobile phones. We need them now. I mean, before we didn't, but now they've come out and now they're totally part of our lives. We need them. But we don't need to keep buying the latest version. You know, the phone is there for communication. It's nice that it has these extras, but it doesn't mean that they're going to make us happy. The more complicated your phone becomes, the more likely it is that it'll break down. And the more complicated it is when it does break down, the more expensive it's going to be to repair it. So all these things that falsely give us this sense of happiness never last. So we shouldn't be chasing after all these sense objects. If we need something, then great. Need is okay. If it's greed, or if it's just that, you know, I think it's going to make me happy, I want it to make me happy, this is the one thing that's going to make me happy, then you're fooling yourself. Because there is nothing outside of you that is going to give you lasting happiness. Nothing at all. Not a partner, not children, not friends. The partner cheats on you or gets angry with you. You start arguing. The children go up and they leave home and you become sad. Friends lie to you or deceive you. All these things that we think are making us happy outside of us cannot make us happy, cannot give us a true happiness. You'll only find that inside of you and you'll find it with peace of mind. So the final verse, verse 22 says, The practice of all the bodhisattvas is never to entertain concepts which revolve around dualistic notions of perceiver and perceived. In the knowledge that all these appearances are but the mind itself, whilst mind's own nature is forever beyond the limitations of ideas.
So what it's talking about here, and this is uh, the difficult subject, it's talking about uh, what in Buddhism we call non-self. So we break everything down as perceiver and perceived, or subject and object, or me and everything outside of me. Once we split things dualistically like that, then again we're setting ourselves up for a lot of emotional suffering. Our main problem is this sense of self. So there are two types of self. One is the ego-driven self, and the other sense of self is the dependent arising self. One of these exists, and one of these don't exist. And the problem is, we get them mixed up. We're chasing after the one that doesn't exist, and we're ignoring the one that does exist. So the ego-driven self is the self that we think is independent, we think is solid, we think that that's who I am, that's my identity. We believe that. But actually that doesn't exist. There is no solid, independent self. Once we start thinking that there is this solid, independent self, then the ego starts playing tricks with us. We start getting pride. We start having this anger. People say something, like I said in the first verse, people say something to us, we get angry. Why? Because we have this sense, this ego-driven sense of self. We have this idea that this solid and independent self is there, exists. So if we have this sense, this is who I am, this is my identity, this is my solid independent self. So somebody attacks me, I have to attack back. Of course I do, because this is who I am. If people don't fit into my little identity circle, they're outside of my circle, then I don't like them, because they're not who I am. So we get a lot of emotional suffering coming from this idea that we have this solid independent self. So this ego-driven self does not exist. It is not there. There is nothing solid and there is nothing independent about us. That is just a false impression we give ourselves. But unfortunately, that is the sense of self we believe. That is the sense of self that we dress up, that we look after, that we want to make ourselves happy, that we defend ourselves. You know, if, if I have this solid, independent self, then I have to defend it. If somebody attacks it, I have to defend that, because that is who I am. This is my identity. But that doesn't exist. That is the false sense of self. The true sense of self is the dependent arising sense of self. This dependent arising sense of self only comes into play through causes and conditions. We are only here through causes and conditions. You are only you through causes and conditions. You are not solid and you are not independent. You come together through causes and conditions. These causes and conditions keep changing, keep flowing. So you're not solid. And these 
are built up by so many different causes and conditions. So you're not independent. So this self exists. So when, people, when we always talk about uh, non-self, people always say the same questions. So if there's non-self, if this is not who I am, then who are you talking to now? Who am I looking at in the mirror? You are looking at this dependent arising self. You are looking at this thing that has come together through causes and conditions. You're looking at something that is changing moment by moment by moment. What is the benefit of seeing it like this? The benefit is that if it's changing moment by moment, how can anybody attack me? You attacked me at that moment. No, actually, I've changed at this moment. So there's nothing to defend. There's no solid, independent self to defend. There is just this coming together of causes and conditions that are changing moment by moment. So that one exists, but we don't see that one. We ignore that one. But just stop for a moment and look at yourself. Are you solid and independent? No. You've come together through causes and conditions. You're changing. Look at a photo of yourself 10 years ago. You are different. You are changing. So the self that we should be understanding is this dependent arising self. This self that is forever changing, that is just dependent on causes and conditions, only arises through causes and conditions. This ego-driven sense of self is just that. It's ego-driven. It does not exist. Dependent arising self exists. You're here. Look at yourself. Touch yourself. You exist. That sense of self exists. But it isn't solid. And it isn't independent. It is forever changing moment by moment. So then there's nothing to attack. There's no need to rush out and buy things to make yourself happy. There's no need to get angry with other people when they say things that hurt you. Because you're not solid. You're moving. You're changing. And it's this dependent arising self that experiences the world. And this dependent arising self experiences the world through the five aggregates which are also always changing. So their form, feeling, perception, action, consciousness. So we have forms. We either hear something, we smell something, we taste something, we touch something, or we see something. This is form. Then the consciousness becomes aware of that. So our consciousness picks up that form. Then our perception will label it. It's a car, it's a house. It's a bike, it's a dog, whatever it is. Then our feelings come into play. We like this, we get a pleasant feeling. We dislike this, we get an unpleasant feeling. We don't care about it, we get a neutral feeling. And then from that, we act. That is the way this dependent arising self experiences the world. So your experiences through the five aggregates are forever changing. Yourself, this dependent arising self, is forever changing. 
everything is just moving moment by moment. So there is no solid, independent, ego-driven self. That does not exist. That only exists in the play in your mind. That only exists in your perception of yourself. And because you have that perception, you have to fight tooth and nail to keep hold of that, to defend yourself. That is my identity. That is who I am. That is what I have to fight for. But if you see yourself as just dependently arising, just coming together through different causes and conditions and changing moment by moment, experiencing everything around you by the five aggregates which are changing moment by moment, there is nothing to hold on to. There is nothing to get angry about. There is nothing to defend. There is nothing to run outside and spend all your money to try and make it happy. There is only this coming together through different causes and conditions. This is a really difficult subject and because we're so attached to this uh, ego-driven self that it's really hard for us to let go. But instead of just letting go and thinking there is no self, just see that there is an existing self, but it's dependent arising self. It's dependent on lots of different causes and conditions. When those causes and conditions are there, yourself will arise. When those causes and conditions have gone, yourself won't arise. You're dead. When you're dead, your causes and conditions will disperse. When you're born, they come together. So this is the true sense of self. This is what the self really is. It's nothing to hold on to. It's nothing to grasp. It's nothing to defend. And it's nothing to try to make happy. It's just a forever changing self that arises through different causes and conditions. So give it thought. I mean, you can't just listen to this and think, yeah, okay, I got it. Because it is so different to this ego-driven sense of self that we've been holding on to for the whole of our life. So play this podcast back a few times, listen again and again, reflect on it. Because at the end, once you really grasp that point, then most of your emotional suffering just suddenly drops away because there is nothing to defend here. So think about it. If you get it, if you can understand it, then you're going to reduce a huge amount of suffering. So reflect on it. Don't just listen once and think, okay, it's a good idea. It's more than a good idea. It's actually essential if you really want to become awakened to the way the world really is. This is the difference between being asleep and being awake. Asleep means you're sleepwalking through life, thinking that you're solid and you're independent. That's the ego-driven self. Awakened means I understand that I don't have a solid, independent self. Myself is dependent on so many causes and conditions and only arises due to these causes and conditions. That is the awakened mind. So give it thought, reflect on it, and try to understand it bit by bit. 
keep coming back to it and keep checking in with yourself and understand for yourself how important it is and what the benefits are. Because if you understand that it's important and if you understand what you'll gain from it, then you'll put in the effort to try to understand it. This is the end of this podcast, but don't forget, you can find more of my podcasts at buddhismguide.org. Thank you so much for listening, and until the next time, bye.